you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination in godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, hey, it's Friday yes. uh, in America. So, so <laughs> hey, welcome. Um, it's great to be hanging out with you on a Friday. Mm-hmm. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And Victory and our brother Richard are on tap to help us navigate the show. It's Friday, which means we open the phone lines up and we get more of your calls in. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do that actually even earlier, if you can believe it. And the reason for that is because of this correction from my sister, Dawn. I'm just joking, Dawn. <laughs> Dawn, you know I don't care about your correction, girl. <laughs> Man. I'm just kidding. Dawn and I, but I do have an email that Dawn sent us yesterday. Mm-hmm. And she took issue with our discussion of critical race theory and dealing with partiality in America. And that is not new. Let me say this. Dawn goes back to um, our three-hour program (laughs) that we did on the Urban Family Talk Network, um, which was a ministry division of American Family Radio, American Family Association. Mm -hmm. And we did that for six years. Um, The morning show... For three hours where we would, you know, unpack issues of the day, looking mm-hmm. at headlines. Played a lot um, and of course there was too. music woven yeah. into that. Yeah, it's a morning drive show. So yeah. so there's a lot of there was a there was a lot. And there's a lot of humor in it actually. Yes. Uh we laughed a whole lot <laughs> because you need that in a morning show. You don't want you don't want to arrive, you know, at your destination just kind of <laughs> and people say good morning and you're like, No, it's not. You know what I mean? You don't want that. So we had to have a healthy balance of all of that. I'm saying that to say our sister Dawn, whose whose email I'm going to read a little bit. um, I completely respect her and appreciate her as a sister in Christ. We we disagree on issues of ethnicity and the way we navigate those issues. Mm -hmm. But it's not new. And why am I saying that? I'm saying that for the benefit of people who do not know Dawn. Now, there are people who listened to Urban for a long time who made the switch. You came over. You guys know because Dawn would call in. And actually, because we had a three-hour program, by the way, guys, because we had a three-hour program, we actually talked to our listeners a whole lot more. Yeah. And and so we would spend a lot of time talking. It wasn't like get in and, and get out. You know, it was... So Dawn and I actually had conversations <laughs> publicly. Yes. And it was where, unique because we had phone conversations yeah. and we had like a chat room. It was great. <laughs> the, the I <laughs> loved it. Yeah. And, and I think, oh, I think this is the kind of engagement that is necessary, yeah. you know, among Christians. Like we don't need to be afraid of one another. We don't need to be so delicate and so soft that we can't talk if we disagree. Like there are some people who feel like keeping the peace is just, you know, not talking if you disagree. That's... Mm. Come on, man. Let's be peacemakers. <laughs> right. And so that means we can disagree on issues, but let's let's get in there and talk about it. Like, yeah, I just yeah. I value that so much. Amen. Now, look, time is limited here. And, and, and people listen. OK. All right. One of the reasons I'm here is because I got a lot to say on issues. <laughs> All right. So, I, I mean, now when I when I can get words in, 
around Will, yeah, then I'm going to yeah, take that opportunity. When I let you speak, that's right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I'm going to take that opportunity. So, no, we don't get to as many calls as I would like. I would like to get to more calls. But, hey, I want to finish my thought. Um, kind of that's, that's why you guys support. It's the listener supported because you want me. You want to hear me. Right. I mean, somebody just said, well, not really. <laughs> Oh my and goodness. why? Why are you listening? <laughs> uh, anyways, you guys like me, even if you don't know it yet. You really do like me. Um, but this is Friday, so we do a little bit of a lighter show, try mm. to ease into the weekend. Every now and again, we take a little bit of a turn for the better and deal with a little bit of a heavier topic on Friday. I, I don't anticipate this being super heavy. But I do feel like there are some loose ends that we need to tie up. We had okay. a full bank of calls. Yes. And we got to one call. Um, our sister Dawn was among those calls that she didn't get through. So she took the next available path, um, email. All right. Strongly worded letters. Always good. Using and, all caps. Look, very if you, good. If you want to email us, Addison's <laughs> at AFR.net. Addison's yes. at AFR.net. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so today, today, 888-589-8840. Even though I say that number almost daily, I have to write it down because in the middle of a conversation... <laughs> And trying to give the number out, my brain can go blank. Um, but what I, what I want to do here is on this Friday show, it's a gumbo show. Everything within reason goes in the pot. We do a recap of the week. I want to remind you of what we talked about this week. And um, and then I want to read just a little bit of Dawn's email. Now, let me say this. I know that when we send emails, and as I imagine, because I know our sister Dawn, at least as much as I can, you know, mm-hmm. via radio and all of that. Right. Um, but from what I know about our sister Dawn is that this email was sent in haste. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of our sister Dawn sending this email, like kind of like, like Kermit with at the oh man, <laughs> <laughs> is that what you were gonna say? <laughs> no, oh. but that's so much better than where I was going with this. Like Kermit at the typewriter. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> And she wanted to write more, but she ran out of typewriter ribbon. So um, there's look, our kids will never know the joys of using a typewriter. And that's unfortunate. Bring them back. Bring them back. Um, Or and somebody said or adding machines, young lady. Okay, yeah, you're right. Adding machines. Let's bring those back as well. Uh, So I want to get to the I want to get to Dawn's email. Um, Recap On, on Monday. No, on Tuesday. Oh, goodness. On Monday, One we asked days. the question. <laughs> Y'all, it's Friday. You know, I, I don't want to dismiss Friday, but I feel like on Friday, you really don't need to give a whole lot of excuses or reasons for why you can't. You're just like, you know what? I made it here. So <laughs> why, you know, why give excuses? Can we trust the Bible for faith and practice? That was the question that we asked on Monday. We we're looking at the Department of Justice, um, quote unquote, open an investigation into the Southern Baptist uh, denomination. And um, approaching that with caution, my main like the the full thrust of that conversation was not to give credence to the investigation, but it was to say that church matters. Man, we have a totally different system for how we meet out discipline, for how we, you know, maintain the integrity of the church. And it should not enter into the this arena. You know, do you know what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. so that was that was the main thrust of the of of the communication there. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that people understood that. So that was on Monday. Then on Tuesday, we talk with our brother, M.D. Perkins. His mm-hmm. new book is out, Dangerous Affirmation. And uh, what a great conversation we had about the lie of gay Christianity, how it has infiltrated the church. There was once a time where we would say infiltrating. 
but it has infiltrated the church. And there are people who, because they don't know certain terms and are not familiar with certain descriptions that are used, um, are unaware of, of this infiltration. So we talked about that. And then Wednesdays yes. with Will, you had on our brother Todd, Todd Shannon. Shannon. We just talked about some different uh, topics, current issues of the day. We talked about politics and uh, how Christians should engage because we're getting ready to be, well, primaries and all that stuff has already mm-hmm. started, but just looking forward to elections and how should we view uh, these things as Christians. And yes. So, yeah, we had a great Man, conversation. I have appreciated, as as have you, and, and um, you longer than I did because you've known Todd Shannon mm-hmm. longer, been familiar with his work, but uh, I got here as soon as I could. Um, <laughs> I have so appreciated Todd Shannon's contributions to culture from a biblical perspective um, and unapologetic Christian perspective. Mm-hmm. He is so thoughtful and so measured in the way he communicates on cultural issues. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I appreciate it. And, and, and it's, it's sort of a, um, it's a lesson for me when I have watched his videos, when I was more active on social media mm-hmm. um, and watching his videos, I have appreciated his thoughtful pauses when he communicates <laughs> and searching for the right words to use at the right time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that has, that has been a lesson to me because mm-hmm. sometimes you know, I get, I get, gar, 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 you know what I mean? And yeah. that's not really a word. And so <laughs> right. I have learned from our brother, Todd Shannon, to use actual words, you know, to, to describe <laughs> what you're feeling at that moment. Anyway, so, so great. Um, you got to catch up with uh, Todd Shannon. Yes. And then yesterday, Patty Hidalgo Menders joined yes, us. We were talking yes. about biblical worldview. It is one of the ongoing initiatives here at the American Family Association. How do we teach uh, biblical worldview, what does it look like in practice and how do we equip people to have it, to develop That's it? Right. It's not just believing. And I say this often, but, you know, in consideration of the people who may not have heard me say this, um, that one person, <laughs> having a biblical worldview does not mean that you believe the Bible is true. Mm. It does not mean that you like the Bible or you think the Bible is a good book. But having a biblical worldview means that what is written in Scripture informs the way you engage and live life. So that means that what you think is good and what you think is right and what you think is true, as it is communicated through Scripture, becomes a part of who you are in your daily living. It becomes the lens through which you view the world. Mm -hmm. And too often people think because they like the Bible, that means they have a biblical worldview. And that just isn't the case. That's why the percentage for those who have a biblical worldview is so low. All right. Mm. Um, Let's go to the phone lines here. Let's try to squeeze in a call before we go to the break. And then on the other side of the break, I'll come back and I will um, read a good bit of our sister Dawn's email. And then maybe that will kind of help fuel the conversation. Dawn thinks that we're not taking into full consideration the big picture of um, partiality or what we commonly call in America racism. Mm -hmm. And um, she shares some of her experiences there. And so I just want to have a conversation around that. I want to validate those concerns and in love, I want to, I want to respond. So, so we'll do that, but let's first go to the phone lines. 888-589-8840-888-589-8840. Will the great, where are we going? All right, let's go to Scott in Louisiana. Hi, Scott. Hey, Will and Aki. Good Friday. Hello. Yes, good, good Friday, Friday to you too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, uh, and and if I know Aaron Addison's on Friday is also known as Gumbo Friday. That's you right. Got it. Yep. That's okay. right. Well, that got me to thinking. I mean, you guys bring a lot of wisdom through a lot of conversations, and I know it comes from Scripture. And there was this other guy. I think he's Louisiana. 
uh, very simple-minded but very profound sometimes, and that was Forrest Gump. <laughs> and, 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 you know, you guys talk about the X's and the Y's, you know, the generations. Yes. And, uh, and although Forrest kind of lived in a unique period, do you know what generation he was from? Well, he would have been a boomer if I'm if I'm thinking back to oh, no, Mickey. No, no, he was no. Jenna, 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 Jenny. Oh, Jenny. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a good one. That's a good one. Thank you, Scott. That, oh, that was, Scott, listen. That was good. Brother, listen, you just feel free to call in every Friday if you've got them like that. Okay? If that's if that's what we do in Louisiana, good it's one. you know. That is so good. Oh man, that's hilarious. Wow. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> man, let's that, just pause for a second. Let's just everybody kind of consider that. Okay. <laughs> we didn't know that we could do that with Forrest Gump. We just yeah. didn't know. Jenae. So so now you know what generation. <laughs> Jenny. Good one. Good one. Oh, yes. Scott. Man, kudos to you. Every Friday, if you've got one of those. Just go ahead and and feel free to to let Victory know. Hey, put me to the front of the line, or like move me up, bump me up. Um, all right, Will the Great, where are we going next? All right, let's go to Mac in Ohio. Hey, Mac. Hello. 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 Go ahead. Yes. Um, yeah, I'm uh, 900 months old. Okay. And you, how many months? I'm a, 900 months. I'm 100 months old, and I'm a PK. Ah. Okay, preacher's kid. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I grew up with God's values, and that's what's that lacking today. Our mm. kids, people are getting away from the values that this country was founded on. Mm. Uh, and it, it's just heartbreaking. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't know what we can do other than uh, keep the uh, keep the faith on the uh, the right side and, and be followers and uh, you know this uh, Republican Democratic thing has it's got everything twisted seems mm. like mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, mm-hmm. but I think if we uh, if we would stand up as Christians and Republicans because we need to stand up it seems like our, uh, we're, we're not standing up for the church and the church is the people Mm-hmm. And if we don't stand up as a church, all the people that believe in the values that God gives us and that Jesus mm-hmm. died for, mm-hmm. we're in trouble. Oh, Mac, you are so spot on. This is. Let me leave it there. we got to grab this break. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. We will be right back. Yeah. Oh. Knock me down, but I got up again. Yeah. I'm standing strong and I can face the wind. Oh, no, no. Made it through the night out, it's a brand new day And it was only by His grace Now I can say, I made it I made it, I made That's a classic Aaron the Addison song. That, w- way classic to go. Friday, Keeping a, Gumbo it, Friday song. That was the Gumbo Friday song. It played every Friday morning, guys. Just want to let you know why. Because when people get to Friday, they're like, hey, I made it. <laughs> I made it. <laughs> I made it. 
<laughs> oh boy, I made it to Fridays. Just a, just a little break from all of the intensity of the things that you're doing, and especially if you've got kids um, who are school age, who are going to, you know, some kids are already back to school. I know mm-hmm. our kids are uh, starting next week back to school, and all of the intensity of that. When you get to Friday, and you kind of like, you know, get to <laughs> pop your brain out, massage it a little bit, put it back <laughs> over the. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that's gross. Um, anyways, th- but that's the Friday song. Welcome back to Aaron the Addison's the Friday edition. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that was I Made It by The Truth. All right, so I'm conflicted here. I've opened the phone lines. We've got two calls holding. What I would like to do is I want to bring in Dawn's email, and okay. the reason I want to do that is because um, I I don't want time to get away from us that we're responding to our callers and we don't get to bring this into the conversation. So if we could, let me just read this email mm-hmm. here and mm-hmm. um, and I'll, I'll then go to the phone lines and then kind of weave my commentary um, into the rest of the program, if, if you will. But I, I want to respond to our sister Dawn and I, I want her um, I want her email to be entered as evidence. Uh, that's a joke. Here we go. She says, hi, Miki. I'm in disagreement when it comes to you all on this topic. Um, I am pro-black. I love all people, but I have an extra care for the mistreatment we as black people have endured since slavery. And it's still going on today. Some blatant, but a lot subtle um, hates. And she puts in, in quotes, so subtle hates. Um, by the way, let me pause for a second here. Just in case you're just joining us and you're wondering about the context. This was Dawn's email to us. Uh, after the program yesterday, where we talked about critical race theory and we talked about the way that this is being pushed in schools and what it is, in fact, teaching black kids and white kids, um, in my opinion, neither of it good. So this is Dawn's response to that. So I'm going to pick up with the email here. She continues. Uh, We as black people, when it comes to this topic, do not have to read a book. Most are experiencing the side eye, the isolation, the privileges they get and many other moves that that especially Caucasians do. So she's talking about the privileges that white people have. And and she's saying that black people are able to observe that and see that. All right. Um, She says the inner city homes, city schools get way less books, um, new technologies, current, whatever than the suburban schools. It's been documented and shown on TV. The differences when a white person and a black person enters a building, a restaurant, et cetera, the treatment that they get um, is very different. She says the black person is stereotyped and sized up. Um, the black areas, if you look at your news in the inner city, there are, there's black on black crime with boys dying at an alarming rate. That's interesting that that's included in this email because often that gets overlooked. This is my commentary that gets <laughs> overlooked in the conversations about disparities as far as violence goes. OK, yeah. um, getting killed by police or each other. She continues, the white people have no idea or sit back and watch the news on black folks dying and see all the negative the news can portray of us laughing while they sit in their beautiful houses in the suburbs. I I know I said I was going to just read this, but (laughs) I I don't want to (laughs) forget. So when I read that line, it made me really sad that our sister has this picture of our, like, and I'm, I'm speaking, look, I don't know what people who don't love Jesus do. You Mm. know what I mean? But it makes me sad that there would be pictures that we would have of other members of the body of Christ. Please understand, that's our chief identity. Other members of the body of Christ looking at suffering or looking at um, disparities and laughing, you know, and just sort of like, oh, that's, you know, um, that was when I read that, I thought, man, I just don't. Of course, I don't know every home in America. Of course, I don't. But it just made me sad that that would be the perspective um, 
anyway. All right. So on jobs, back to the email on jobs. If you look at the number of black to whites in a workplace, not even to mention high positions, the numbers are nowhere equal. When you are in nice places, check out the ratios. We are the only race that is um, or the only race that has experienced racism. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, <laughs> that's just factually <laughs> untrue, right. Don. Just factually <clears throat> untrue, and it, it's amazing because even you have members of the Asian community, and excuse the language choices there, but you have members of the Asian community who have talked about experiencing racism, as the Bible describes it, partiality, um, and still pressing and pursuing their goals and dreams. And so, so, but while still acknowledging that they live in a great country, they have experienced racism. So that actually is factually untrue. All right. Anyway, here we go. She says, our culture is different. You have whites adopting black babies and have no idea how to do their hair or cannot even teach them their history. Let me pause here for a second to also say, and at the same time, you do not have black people adopting black babies or any babies for that matter. And that's a problem. If you look at the numbers, statistically speaking, black families are least likely to adopt babies than any other ethnicity of families who adopt babies. That's a shame. So it's good that white families are adopting black babies. Or any family that that is, let me say this, God's design for family. The real family. Not (laughs) not this fake stuff that's going on. Come on. God's design for family um, and are willing to give children a home. To, to take children into their home and to give children a home wherever that happens, whether that's through fostering or then formal adoption. It is an incredible blessing that this happens. And unfortunately, um, there would be so many black kids who would be indefinitely in, in the system or at least in the system until they're 18 and then um, turned out into the culture if there were not white families taking those kids in. That is an uncomfortable, um, that, that is an uncomfortable statement. Let me just say, I understand that there are some people who are going to bristle at that, but you just Google the numbers. Um, a f- few years ago, we actually did a program on this where we talked about the adoption disparities. We talked about what it is to be considered at risk uh, in the foster system, what it is to be considered at risk. It is not that you have some sort of um, developmental issue that would make families kind of think, well, can our family handle that? Nope, it's just ethnicity. And so if you are a black boy, Um, you are least likely to be adopted. And you've got black kids in the quote unquote system who are very easily placed if there would be more families who would take them. Unfortunately, you don't have black families taking black kids. Not that I'm advocating that that's the only way that kids should be placed, but I just think it's important to know that. So, So when we say we got white kids or white families taking black kids, they don't know how to do their hair. Um, That's a quick YouTube tutorial. (laughs) All right. Like when we say we've got white families, they don't know how to teach the kids their history. Well, teach American history. Hmm. You you teach history. And if you teach history, right, it's going to include everybody's histories. If you teach world history, if you teach American history, it's going to teach everybody's histories. Guys, again, I'm not trying to slide in here, but I'm going to say that's why we educate our kids at home, because we want them to have a full picture of history. Right. So that we are not focusing on any one particular aspect. We are focusing on history, which means you take into consideration. We don't need a month to look at, quote unquote, black contributions to America. 
we don't teach our kids that way. We, mm-hmm. we don't wait until February. We, we're looking at a timeline. So who are the people who lived in this time and who made contributions during that time? That's we talk <laughs> like, about, come on, man. That's we talk about church leaders like Tertullian and yes. <laughs> people outside of America All that were black it. that did, you know. Come so, on. I mean, everybody. Like, it's, it's, Niger, listen. You know, yeah. Yeah. Guys, I know it takes a lot of work because you got a lot of prepackaged information that people are working with. But can I just can I just say sometimes you've got to pull from the packaging <laughs> and, and you've got to put together a total and complete education for yourself and your children. Right. And it takes a lot of work. Guys, I'm busy all the time. I'm busy all the time, but I feel like this is a moment in time that I'm going to give it all that I've got because when those kids leave this house, when they're done, mm-hmm. right, like here, I want them to be set up to win for the glory of God. Yes. This, and this has nothing to do with the measurements that the world has set forth. Yes. This is everything to do with eternity. Do they know Christ? Are they able to give a defense? The reason for the hope that lies within them, are they going to live differently in the culture that they're growing up in? That's why, man, it's it's exhausting. Sometimes Will the Great and I were just like, dude. You know, I wish we would spend, I'm talking about history, I, I wish we would spend more more time really teaching our history, meaning biblical. <laughs> you the know, church's the, history. The, the church's history, you know, yeah. because encompassed in that, you see everybody. You see all nationalities and creeds. And, you know, so it, it's not... Like when you when you're able to teach it from a biblical standpoint, biblical lens, you mm-hmm. know you catch it all. You know, yeah. uh, American history is in there. Uh, the, all kind of, you know, you catch it all. You catch yeah. it all. L- look, let me. I'm going to do this because then we're going to go back to the phone lines. I'm yes. going to jump down in in Dawn's email here, and then we'll go back to the phone lines. She includes an anecdote. She includes this this account of hers where she was treated unfairly. Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna I'm gonna share the account, and then I'm gonna say something real quick, and we'll go back to the phone lines. Listen, partiality still exists. It yes, is a sin of the does. heart. That's right. Okay. And anybody but could be a victim to it. Anybody. <laughs> partiality does not own a skin color. Like We don't have <laughs> any laws outstanding that are going to stop this example that Dawn used in her email. There, there are no outstanding laws that are going to stop what you, what you communicate here. here. Here's what I'm about to read. So she says, I went to get a flat tire repaired three weeks ago, and this, the man, she doesn't describe his ethnicity at all, but she says he told the Caucasian lady her repair would be free, and he told me mine would be $25. I happened to get up and ask a question because I overheard him say that. I said, I want the same price that the Caucasian lady is getting. He apologized several times and then gave it to me free. How can you imagine or can you imagine how often that happens? And she says a lot. So, so look, what, what can be done? That, that is an issue of his heart. I'm going to say this and we'll go back to the phone lines. You have to recognize that when you encounter a person who is given to partiality, you have to recognize that that is per- partiality in that person's heart. Mm-hmm. You, mm-hmm. you can't apply that to people across the board. Look, um, a couple years ago, I, I say a couple years ago, at the height of the pandemic, when when I guess maybe not at the height of it, it was once they slowly started letting people go back into places. I had an experience, right? I had an experience where I was meeting a friend in a coffee shop, actually a, a, a woman that I'm discipling in a discipleship relationship with. And we were meeting at a coffee shop and we go in and it's one of those things, guys, I, 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 just, I have an issue with the masks. OK, I do. And so I'm always double checking. OK, is this going to be? Is this going to be a place where they're sane or not? And, and so am I going to. And so the thing was, you didn't have to wear the mask in the coffee shop, but you needed to wear the mask when you walk up to the counter to place your order. Now, listen to me very carefully here. 
Okay. So here I am. I am a black woman. We're in this coffee shop. Um, the barista or the barista. I don't know. It's a guy. Okay. Behind the coffee shop. <laughs> we don't immediately place our order, but there are different people coming in. And most of the people are wearing masks. There's a white couple. They come in and they're not wearing a mask. And this is, I, I, I observe a lot. Okay. So I was kind of trying to see, are they serious about this note on the door or are they not? Right. So I observed this couple going up to the, the counter to place their order for coffee. And the couple, both of them are not wearing masks. Okay. The guy behind the counter takes their coffee order. No problem. And so I go, oh, okay. So it's kind of like that's the sign on the door, but maybe not everyone has to do that. So, so I go up and I don't have a mask on. And I'm immediately following this couple that did not also, okay, have mm-hmm. a mask on. Mm-hmm. This couple happened to be white. So the white barista says to me, I said, barista, I don't know. The coffee guy says mm-hmm. to me, you need to put your mask on. Do you have a mask? Mm. So... I said, yeah, I do. I do have a mask and I'm happy to put the mask on if it makes you uncomfortable. And I said, but let me just ask you a question. And before I even brought ethnicity into it, I just wanted I just kind of wanted to know what he was thinking. So I just said, now, this couple right over in front of me, you did not require them to wear a mask. I'm just wondering what changed between me and them. (laughs) You know, he was very, very sorry. He said, man, I didn't even realize that they didn't have a mask on. That's what he said. And he goes, I'm so sorry. He goes, I, I, I didn't mean anything by that. Like, man, I, I apologize. I said, no, 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 it's not a problem. If it makes you more comfortable for me to place this order with the mask, look, I'll put the mask on. But I wanted to ask this question for my own peace of mind. I needed to know what made me different from them. And he goes, nothing. I'm really sorry about that. And boy, it was a really uncomfortable situation. Not so much for me. But for him, but can I tell you this? I'm not going to leave that coffee shop going, oh, that's just how white people are. No, this <laughs> this guy, I'm going to have a conversation with him and ask, what's the difference in the requirement? Guys, we've got to be mature enough to be able to do that in life, mm-hmm. like in life. And some things, some things are not even worth it. There are things that I experience that I just overlook because I go, you know what? That's a their problem mm-hmm. type thing. Mm-hmm. That's That's not a problem for me. I don't need to address that. This I wanted to address. And can I tell you this? Several minutes later, he came over to the table and and kind of stooped down a little bit where we were sitting. And he said, I just want to tell you, he goes, I am really sorry. He goes, I he goes, I, I need I don't know why I noticed that you were not wearing a mask and it. I didn't notice that they he goes, I don't I don't know why, but I'm really sorry. And this is what I said to him, because I could tell he was really beating himself up. I said, listen, buddy, um, please be released from this. So my question was, I said, don't, please don't even go home and think about this. My question was genuine. I just wanted to know why I just wanted to know what was the deal. And so he apologized and we moved on. Guess what? I'm not, I'm not scarred by that irreparably. But but you know, Miki, people are listening and like, come on, man, come on, come on, man. What do you mean? Like they're thinking, Hey, that it was something for real, a a reason why. A partiality. Yeah. Partiality. Oh no, no, for sure. It was. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like he he even he look I, I won't go into all of the details okay but he even expressed that he noticed I wasn't wearing a mask and that they were not wearing a mask uh-huh. and and this is what he said to me afterwards he said you know what and and I appreciated this mm-hmm. he said I've got to go home and think about why 
Wow. I noticed okay. that you weren't wearing a mask okay. and, and, and didn't notice them. And and he said, and I take responsibility for that. But here's my thing. Dude, I don't, I don't want, I don't want, he's a young, young guy. I don't want yeah. the young guy going home, not able to eat and sleep. I'm just like, no, I just, I just wanted to know. Like, you know, we're at, you know, the mask thing. And yeah. Anyways. No, um, I, I got All right. We'll come back and we'll do the phones. All right. Stay <laughs> all right. right there. Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio. Your mercies are new today. Your mercies are new again and again. Your mercies are new today. Your mercies are new today. Oh, yeah. I can restore your shoulders. There is grace to start So then we have our brother in the Lord. We have our brother who goes into a convenience store. He's a white guy. Mm-hmm. He goes into a convenience store and he's looking to make change. If I remember the story correctly, he's looking to mm-hmm. make change. And you've got the black worker behind the counter who says, no, we don't have any change. We don't have any change. Then you've got another black patron who comes in right after our white brother who, who is told he doesn't, they don't have change. And she gives this person change. And so he says, hey, I thought you told me you don't have change. And she tells him, get out of here, get out of here. And, and I think if I remember correctly, throws like candy yeah, or throws something throws at can- him. Mm-hmm. Candy. So, so this is partiality. Notice I'm not saying reverse partiality. That's, that's not smart. It's partiality. Right. So she, so she showed uh, a preference for the black patron over the white patron. She's black. She's behind the counter. And mm, interestingly enough, she's in the position of power, I guess, if you need that to be a component of it. So what do we say? Do we say, well, that's not racism. That's not partiality. That, wh- what is that? Right. And, and I, I actually am really proud of our brother who kind of pressed on a way. Hold up a second. You just told me it's, it's very similar to what I did with the mask. Hold right. on a second. You just told me. But then why do we need to do these things? Because, man, unless you point these things out, right? Not every time. I'm not saying that you've got to be like, you know, Gestapo and, you know, whatever. But but what I'm saying is there is partiality that exists. It is a sin of the heart. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter the shading of your brown. It does not matter. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, watch my in- incredible uh, self-restraint because all I'm going to do is take calls. And, and my response to you is going to be, mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm. Nice. Will the Great, where do we go next? Okay, so here we go. Will the Great, where do we go? All right, let's go to Camilla in Iowa, is that? Hi, Camilla. Yes. Hey, how you doing? Hey, uh, thank you so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has nothing to do with race. We're going to switch gears. Sure. And I want to um, put out a huge apology and a begging for forgiveness from e- to everyone from your generation on down. Because I'm a baby boomer, and it's our fault. And the next time I hear somebody of my age, I'm 65, if I hear somebody of my age or 5 or 10 years younger or 5 or 10 years older complain about kids again, I'm going to strangle them. <laughs> let me tell you, let me, let me give you the, me, the, the menu of what I have done for you. I brought in abortion. Well, that actually came in when I was in high school. I, hadn't, I wasn't 
responsible for that, but I was responsible. I had the the effects of it, which is to be able to be promiscuous with no consequences. Mm-hmm. We brought you women's lib and we brought you man bashing. We brought you sex, drugs, and rock and roll. We brought you uh, disrespect for pretty much everybody, uh, the flag, authority, government, God. We did it. So what I want to know is I'm not a parent. I wasn't blessed with children. But I don't understand people blaming the kids. And I understand that maybe they've taken it and gone even a little further than we did. However, we went about as far as you could go. Mm-hmm. Um, I do live in the heartland. And when I <laughs> express this to people here, they go, what are you talking about? I was, I was busy on, working on the farm and I was raising kids. Okay, yeah, that's true. I'm talking about the people. I'm from Portland, Oregon. Enough said. Mm. I'm talking about mm. the big cities. I was raised by communists. God got a hold of me. Um, he got wow. the liberal out of me. He healed me. And let me let me tell you, getting the liberal out was harder than getting the homosexual and the alcoholic and all mm. the other stuff out of me. It took decades to get that out of my system because that's another religion and ideology. Anyway, mm. it's kind of meant wow. to be funny, but it's kind of not. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, listen, I, I'm, wow. it's it's hard for me to laugh because I'm glued to every word that yeah. you're communicating here. I know I said I was going to use very few words, so let me just <laughs> say this, Camilla. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, seriously, and, and just real quick, I first of all, I, I, I know that the apology is tongue-in-cheek, um, but, but can I also say that what you have just communicated is a chilling warning, and it's also an encouragement to parents raising kids right now. Yes. Right. It is what you're communicating is the holding of the line in every generation. And I appreciate the picture, the picture that you've painted here because, boy, it's a chilling one. So thank you so much. And also, last thing, glory to God for what he's done in your life. Amen. 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 Yes. Well, the great. I I was just going to say I'm hearing uh, Psalm uh, 78 when it talks about passing things down to the generation, even though it's not yet born. And and at, at the end of that, it talks about how their fathers didn't follow yep. suit in doing that. And mm-hmm. and pretty much they lost things there because of uh, the forefathers not passing down the goodness of God, you know, mm. but so it is a charge to us right now that That's we right. would teach our children, teach them diligently about God, mm. about his ways and disciple in our homes. So uh, she's, she's spot on with that. Absolutely. Thank you so much, sister. We appreciate you. Will the great, where do we go? I right, go to Robert in Alabama. Hi, Robert. Hey, Will, uh, I'm calling to discuss um, two days ago you had a, a gentleman on and he was talking about how to vote and who mm-hmm. to vote for and you how God could use a person who wasn't uh, morally up where he should be. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to say I was listening to that and I said that, um, remember, in the Old Testament, God told the Israelites that when you choose a leader or choose a king— you are not to put a person over you who's a base, who has low morals, mm-hmm. base morals, or unethical behavior. And, uh, you know, that's just one of the principles of leadership. So oh, yeah. the gentleman was saying, uh, and then I, I've, I've heard people say that, well, God can use a unethical person or a, an immoral person. I said, but you're not supposed to, we who know Christ, we who say we are of God, 
we are not to have our hands in that. Mm-hmm. So one of the reasons I stopped voting years ago is because of that. Hmm. Okay. Man, can so I can I, I say I, this? And I know that Will the Great will respond yeah, to ahead. this as well. Just my brother, my first response that comes to mind, and I, I want to say this uh, carefully, and, and I want to say it lovingly, I, I totally respect people's convictions, but can I can I tell you the one of the, the very last things that you said about um, taking your convictions out of, you know, living in this country scares me. If I if I hear the conviction that's coming from you, I hear a right fear of God. And then at the same time you say, and so that's why I stopped voting. Boy, what a loss for our country. What a loss for our nation that you have not continued to contribute that conviction um, in, in the casting your vote for the types of officials that you would like to see in positions of leadership. I don't think that there is a nation like America, and possibly I'm wrong, but I don't think there's a nation like America that can be overwhelmingly held responsible for its leadership because of how they are elected and because they are taken from among the people. Now, listen, I understand that there are some people who are like, well, I just I cannot vote for what would be commonly called the lesser of two evils. Excuse me. I respect that. I Mm -hmm. understand that. Um, That is not my conviction. All right. That's not I, I try very I try very diligently to look at what the person is espousing as their policy. What are, what are they going to do as far as policy is concerned? Man, would I, would I like to have a, a, a squeaky clean, like, yes, absolutely. Now, listen, this is in the area of politics. I am not talking about the church. I want people to understand the difference here. And I'm not using that as a throwaway, but I'm getting back to what our brother Robert is saying here. I think, man, a person with your conviction and a person with your understanding and handling of scripture, it makes me just a little bit sad. I don't mean to be dramatic, but it makes me just a little bit sad that you're not um, that you're not involved in the in the voting process, that you're not involved in helping to pick officials that would bring um, maybe God's favor to our nation, the local level at the federal level. I, I think that that is more important than we might realize. So I just want to say that. Yeah. And, and um, that's. But go ahead, Will the Great. No, I was going to say to to Robert, I respect your conviction. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I have like the, the email that I read. I have a, 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 a friend who feels the same way. So I respect that conviction. I disagree. I feel like, you know, even looking at the, the, the gospel, the gospel will go on no matter who's in office. I, you know, I firmly believe that. And we have that in history. Mm-hmm. But I will also say that there there is a... a going forth of the gospel that would be easier under some people than under others. Yes. And so if, if the burden of the heart is the gospel and the propagation of, you know, propagation of the gospel and and seeing people saved, Mm -hmm. then I think it matters how we vote and that we do vote. So, you know, I, I, I respect your conviction. You know, I I disagree on that, but, and when you talk about Israel and then you talk about, selecting a king and then you talk about America and voting for a president. I just don't see those things as being the same, the same thing, but man. You know. And I, Oh goodness. And I, I, I want to respect people's convictions, right? I want to do that. But I also, I know that you guys, you tune in for our commentary. So I just would offer this. There are, there are individuals that I think people have with a clear conscience voted for in the past because of the squeaky clean and I'm using that, you know, but because of the squeaky clean presentation, but I got to tell you, 
um, as I have looked back and, and, and read some people's accounts and, and brief snippets of their biographies and things like that, I think mm, there's no way that people would have known that as they were voting for them. <laughs> so there was right. a presentation of something, but then there was something behind the scenes that like, mm, that would not have passed the test had it been known. So it was hidden from people. What's the point? What am I saying? What, I, what I'm saying is that unfortunately we are in a fallen world trying to work as best we can through a fallen system with fallen individuals. And, and that's not an excuse to say that people should live loose and free and wild we should maintain our convictions, but I think at the same time, understanding where we are. Um, anyway, I just I think yeah. we operate as best we can with our convictions. And if our if your convictions hold you back from something, then please, mm -hmm. you know, pay no mind to what I'm saying. But I got to tell you, it's when the when those who have the strong convictions go silent. This is where we we end up here. You know what I mean? Like the 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 people who say. That we don't want ruling over us. We don't want those policies in place. We don't want that. But they say, but I'm not going to vote. Um, it just, anyway, I was supposed to just say, mm hmm. <laughs> really great. Where do we go? All right. Let's go to David in Texas. Hi, David. Hello. How Hello. are y'all? Doing fine. So, my, my, I was listening to Nikki read the email from the young lady, woman. And it struck me. So I wanted to call in and bring something to her attention. And that is that through the history of the Western culture and then in America, slavery never set right with the church, with a lot of people. And um, I'm going to say something, it, it, it's not meant to be ugly. But it's I'm, my concern is is this young lady is that she feels uh, I guess overpowered by um, what she perceives as white dominance. Mm. I, I'm white, so I don't, I don't. Maybe it doesn't come out right, but. I'm going to say this, and, that, and, and I want it to come out and people understand that, you know, what I'm saying is from love, and that is black people didn't free themselves. White people did fight. Black people did end up in the Civil War, and, it, and that made the difference in the end. But um, I've read some books from um, pastors, say, you know, in the 1700s, and one comes to mind in particular and he was at, there was a man in uh, <clears throat> New York, has to be a pastor of a Presbyterian church, and he refused on the grounds that some of the members had uh, business dealings with slavery. And so they came up with a policy that they would refuse communion to anybody that had anything to do with slavery. Mm. And that ended it in Orange County, New York, at that time. <laughs> and throughout you know, the, the Civil War, you know, and before that, there was great, great effort to right this wrong. And that that's not something that was at that time and place. There's, there's always been people who see injustice toward, you know, and racism as a great injustice <laughs> and, and wanted to 
to end it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so it, there has always been a great struggle. Anyway, I want her to know uh, that people, white people, have always seen it, understood it, and fought against it. David, and let me just say this. I, I, I'm going to, if you don't mind, brother, let me grab this 30 second um, time frame that we have here. I so appreciate what you said and I appreciate how you've said it. And I could hear the care in your voice that you, but you are so right. And, and to say it succinctly, black people in America didn't free themselves from the grip of slavery. And largely it is credited to the church, to the Christian church mm. and white brothers and sisters at the helm. All right. Until Monday, Lord willing. God bless.